0: Hi everyone, and welcome to the special edition of Freedom from the Addiction: Truth Just Below the Surface, of the Neil Haley Show. I'm excited to welcome the program, Reverend Win Henderson, M.D. Win, how are you?
1: I'm doing good. And for all of the listeners out there today, it's a pleasure to have you listening to my show. My sincerest desire is for you to get something from it that will make your life richer, fuller, and safer. My name is Reverend Win Henderson, as an ordained Christian minister and a retired medical doctor, I have a dual perspective to bring you content to solve problems in your life. This podcast is the longest running, single hosted, spiritually based radio internet talk show in America. It's been on the air for over 20 years. I bring you information about the disease of addiction, your purpose in life, and investigative reporting on truth just below the surface. Uh, My guest uh, today has been on the program many times in the past Uh, It's Dr. Mark Hayden. He is a frontline uh, COVID doctor, a COVID researcher, and a COVID inventor. And if you want to find out more about Mark, go back in the archives and listen to his programs. Mark is also a student of history. He would have agreed with Winston Churchill in 1948 when he said, those who fail to learn from history are condemned to repeat it. And uh, Mark learns from history. We're gonna be talking about war is money. Hey, Mark, how are you doing?
2: Doing great, thank you.
1: Okay, well, We discussed uh, the program today and, you know, uh, what we talked about. So tell our people about War is Money and the various aspects of that.
2: Okay. Thanks for the chance to speak. You know, first, I let the audience know that I am very proud of my father and my other family members that were members of the U.S. Armed Forces. My father was actually in the Vietnam War. He worked in infrared targeting, and he uh, infrared targeting was fairly early then, and he would target the Viet Cong. That, even though he participated in bombing many Vietnamese, that does not affect my respect nor my love for my father. And certainly, any I have taken care of many, many veterans. Most of those veterans were always told at the time in which they were asked to work for the armed forces that it was about democracy and freedom. I respect those people who went off to fight believing in doc, uh, democracy and freedom. One of the things we have today, recently, is that we have the oath keepers, who many of which had gone off to foreign countries and fought for the U.S. armed forces, they had killed people. Believing they supported democracy and freedom, then when they came back home, they saw that what they were getting is not exactly democracy and freedom. Then they were charged with sedition, and they face decades of imprisonment if they're convicted for for just going up to the Capitol uh, building and protesting. You know the uh, we have now an age of propaganda where our media since the 1995 has been tightly controlled by corporate media. There was a time in the United States when when freedom of the press meant that anybody with a printing press could have access to many, many people. That's not been true for, for multiple decades. Now we live in an age when if it's Trump or if it's Ron Paul, if you say something that those in power do not want to hear. You're banned off Twitter, you're banned off YouTube. Now, COVID has been an eye-opener for most people because it has caused them to wake up and question: how much does my government really love me? Is my government telling me the truth? The best way to think about government, not just your own government is to realize that governments are about control of behavior. You can control behavior in several methods. You can control it with a gun and shoot people. Or you can use money and try to use positive reinforcement. Now, in the United States, this, this, the title of the show is War is About Money. If you pull out your dollar bill, it says on the dollar bill, this note is legal tender for all debts, public and private. That note is printed by the Federal Reserve, a private bank, representing the interests of private people. You and I, as as American citizens or in most of the free world, we will work our whole life. We will sell our assets, our services, our goods for dollars. And yet we will never know who the owners of the Federal Reserve are. And that's a private organization. We're not allowed to know who really controls the dollar. And in the end, it's the dollar that will control most of the behavior around us in Western society. So, what we see going on over there is a war between Ukraine and Russia. Now, for most people, they don't give a flip about Russia nor Ukraine and to them it was a meaningless you're so busy for 99% of people just making your next payment paying what your debts are you don't have time to study world's finance that's that's not it but really what happened is that oligarchs in the 1990s and in the late 80s began to take over Russia as well as Ukraine, as well as the entire Soviet Union. Well, people ask, well, what's an oligarch? An oligarch is somebody who gets access to millions of dollars of international banking funds from select banks. So what they, did, what they discovered during the Cold War was that the, the Soviet Union had a lot of nuclear weapons. They didn't want to attack them up front But somebody came up with a very smart idea, was let's just corrupt their leaders. Well, their leadership, much of their leadership became dual citizens of both Israel as well as the United States. As they would travel outside the the USSR, they were approached by international bankers who have made arrangements that if you do such and such, we can arrange big loans for you. You can have out, you can have bank accounts in Switzerland. You can do things, you can become far wealthier than you ever would have been if we can arrange for the downfall of the USSR. In the 1980s, we were all taught in the, in the U.S. that the, Russia was destroyed by the Afghan war. The reality is far different. The leadership of the USSR became wealthy in a large part because they participated in the destruction of the Soviet economy. The assets became owned by foreign banks. Now, you can say, that sounds preposterous. How could foreigners own the assets of the USSR? We have evidence of that this year. When Biden goes to put sanctions on the Russians... The Russian Central Bank held almost half its assets in currency as well as gold outside the Russian territory. Now, certainly they had to be brain dead because anybody knows that if you go to war with people and the the asset, the gold or the currency, is not in your territory, you may lose it. Why then was all $300 billion? kept outside of Russia because that represented a large part of the foreign financing of the international bankers. These international bankers recognized that they did not want to lose control of that money, so they held it in foreign banks outside of Russia, but it was still used to purchase the assets inside of Russia so that Russia and Ukraine became owned from the financing of the international bankers. And they set up now the the Russian, the Russian people would have never tolerated a foreign owner if they knew who the foreign owner was. The same way when you work for a dollar, a dollar bill, it would bother you psychologically to know that the owner of that dollar bill might not be an American at all. He might be an international banker located far outside the US. You will never get to know who the owner is. The Russian people did not get to know who actually possessed the control of their industries, of their currency, of their central bank. So when the sanctions went in from Biden in the last month, half the assets were confiscated abroad because they weren't on Russian territory. Of course, you would expect that Putin, if he was truly patriotic, would have a trial of the guilty parties in Russia who had committed treason. There is no trial. There is no no, uh, publication because Putin cannot admit that the oligarchs of Russia were financed from outside the country. Putin tolerated these oligarchs himself for the last 25 years. He would have to tell the Russian people Hey, guess what? You've lived in poverty while others grew rich off your labor of your hands. And he tolerated it as their country's leader. That's right. He did. But that's the way of the world. When we vote, we're in a company, we're in a country that is really a big corporation. It is run for profit and gain of the people who control the currency. Now, one of the things that is going on, we've all heard this expression. When have you heard that united, we all stand united with Ukraine? Have you heard that?
1: Yes, I have. Mm-hmm.
2: When you hear that expression, that is coming 99% of the time from corporate media owned by the people who control the U.S. currency. The U.S. entire corporate media controls 90% of the media. They want to send the message that the entire world stands against, stands with Ukraine, against Russia. The reality is far different. The reality is, is that all the countries that were nuclear, most half of them, China, India, Pakistan, Russia, North Korea, they did not condemn the Russian invasion because those countries are planning on forming their own trade association and escaping the control of the dollar. Now, one of the things that brought me to speak was I pointed out to when that there's a fellow named Igor Kolomosky, K-O-L-O-M-O-I-S-K-Y, K-O-L-O-M-O-I-S-K-Y, he got literally billions of dollars in capital, bought up the assets of Ukraine, and he performed one of the largest money laundering operations in world history, laundering over $400 billion out of Ukraine. Kolomovsky is the one who set up Zelensky using his control over the media. If any of you listening to this podcast want to control the country, here's all you have to do. You have to monopolize the media. You have to own the media. And then you need, after owning the media, you have to control the elections. Once you control the elections, you can have loot, whatever you want, because you control the elections through your ownership of the media and everything else will fall into your pocket. And, you know, as much as I condemn the international bankers for doing it. If I could do it, maybe I'd do it myself. They just did what they were able to do. Now, one of the things that comes up with Kolomolsky is he had founded the World Jewish Congress. And he was actually kicked out of it because his greed, his avarice, he's an embarrassment. He just doesn't give a flip about the poor people or average people, or anybody who's not special. We have to ask ourselves, many of us have thought about the risk of nuclear war, and that's been brought up by our own president, whether it was President Trump that got elected, or Biden, or whoever. Here's what we know. We don't have a bomb shelter. There's no bomb shelter for my family. When do you have a bomb shelter for your family? I do not. How about, how, about, how about you, Neil? You got a bomb shelter for your family?
0: No, I don't. And they're, they're really, bomb shelters really don't help nuclear war anyways, right? Because this, it's... In
2: Switzerland, they actually have bomb shelters, or were required. And they were actually have food supplies. But there's no bomb shelter for me and my family. And you know, really, if a nuclear war happens, I'm very much left at the mercy of God. The sparrows eat... And so hopefully my, me and my family will eat. And if it's God's will, I'll survive.
0: So I'm going to jump right into this. So your prediction sure. is, next prediction is that basically a new alliance is going to be formed with, um, with Russia, North Korea. Do you see China part of that alliance?
2: Absolutely. That trading block okay, represents, so- if you go through China, you go through India, you go through Pakistan. And then you go through Iran, and then Russia, and then Belarus. That's almost half the world's population. Plus, it's all the cheap manufacturing. All those countries are going to buy Russian weapons. They're going to buy caliber missiles. They're already buying the S-400 Russian missile systems. And they're going to buy, guess what? They're a new trading bloc. They're going to be announcing, coming out of the closet and announcing this within the month.
0: Within the month, so
2: we will yes. So we will see that we will still be able. The Federal Reserve can print as much money as it wants, but those countries, Russia, Pakistan, India, they are not going to play in the U.S.'s sandbox. They're not going to be playing for dollars, and they want to disconnect.
0: From so the dollar India, basis. so India is going to disconnect completely.
2: Initially, it won't be complete, but it will be gradual. For instance, even the Saudis are in discussion with taking a dollar, and not a dollar, but taking the Chinese yuan as currency payments. They're going to get away from the SWIFT system. The threat was that they were going to kick Russians away from dollars. The Russian society is going to totally separate from the dollar-based economy. It's going to kick these people out, and that is the separation that is happening.
0: So if the dollar is not traded as much, what's going to happen to the dollar? It's going to become worthless.
2: We're going to have massive inflation the same way it always happens. Yes. Now, to a degree, the U.S. has a lot of energy. There will be shocks. Hopefully inflation won't hit 40%, 50%, but it's 20% this year possible, certainly. Will the U.S. wind up having to make more and more of its assets and will production problems become progressively worse, yes.
0: And we own all, all this money to China, what if China cuts us off?
2: You know, what they'll do is they'll try to play hardball the way they played with, with uh, China. And so guess what else? they'll they'll. But in the end, they're either gonna work out deals or they're gonna have nuclear war. Now what you hear on, we heard today that Zelensky addressed the US Congress. You, you were aware of that, right?
0: No, I did not. No. Oh, yeah. So anyway, yes. Oh, yeah. I did hear that. So, yeah, I, I saw that. Okay. Where he's asking for Biden okay. to intervene.
2: Let me tell you the most important thing to remember about uh, Zelensky. Number one, he was promoted by Kolomoisky, the oligarch's TV and radio and media. He's owned by Kolomoisky, the, the oligarch. Then the other thing I want you to think about, both you and, and and when Ukraine said that no man who is no male from 18 years old to 60 would be allowed to leave Ukraine. These men were not provided with AR-15 and an RPG. They didn't even have guns and machine guns for them. What was their purpose? Their purpose was to lock the them people in their cities so they could not escape. Now, it's true your women were allowed to leave but what kind of man sends their woman halfway across the country to Poland, where they may be raped or killed, have no protection? <clears throat> it shouldn't be surprising that most of those people stayed. So and they stayed knowing when the government did that order, they knew that the Russians had artillery to flatten those cities. Yeah. So the Russians so had, had nuclear weapons.
0: Russia is going to win in probably a month, you think? This sounds like it
2: It will be my estimate is Kiev will fall within six weeks. You're already seeing Maripol, which is down there in the southern. It is supposed to be mopped up and cleaned up within a week. Then you're going to see Kharkiv fall within two or three weeks after that. I don't think you're going to see enormous house to house fighting in Kiev. The Russians will stand off. They will use heavy artillery and they will flatten every building. If needs be, they'll use nuclear weapons to clear out their path. If you were Putin and you had to decide, people don't think you'll use nuclear weapons. He will. A, do you use them in Poland or do you use them in Ukraine? The best place that uh, uh, Putin could use a nuclear weapon is in a country he's at war with outside of NATO. And once once Putin Putin used even a tactical nuke. There would be very little debate about whether the war would go nuclear at that point, would there?
1: Oh my god! Because gosh.
2: guess what? He's already used a nuke. Oh my god! So at some point, he'll cross. If things get difficult, he'll just cross the Rubicon and use tactical nuke. Okay. He can't go back.
0: Uh, so Putin, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Let's win. Other other questions for Mark?
1: Well, um, Mark, uh, we kind of got. Uh, uh, off there from what you were telling as what you told me the other day on your email. Were there any other points that you would like to make before we wrap it?
2: Yes. You know, Jesus said those who live by the sword die by the sword. If I kill anybody, is there any guarantee that I'll live the rest of the day? No. All these arguments that by killing other people, it makes my life safer, they're not substantiated. You know, Jesus said, we need to put our trust in God. And, you know, for most of my life, my dad was not a conscientious objector. My best friends were not conscientious objectors in the military. They all fought. Almost everybody ever knew that was a friend that I liked and admired. Guess what? They were in the military. But. In the end, when I look at the oath keepers who now face prison system, nobody's up there trying to speak for them. Who's defending those people who are veterans who really thought that they were fighting for democracy? It is a rich man's war. It's a poor man's fight. In the Civil War, the U.S. Civil War, the poor people from the South, they fought for the people who owned the plantations. It was not about states' rights. And the and the poor from the north, they fought because the industrialists wanted to control and were making profits on the war. The Actually, the, the Emancipation Proclamation came because the war couldn't be won otherwise. It didn't start out as a war to free the slaves. These things are, I don't want, and even regardless in my life, I don't want to kill anybody. I don't want to have anybody's blood on my hands. Not even in an act of self-defense. If we look at the people who go and fight, a lot of them believe in whatever they're listening to. They believe in words like democracy, freedom. But then they forget who's sending that message. For all means, God said, love your neighbor as yourself. And, and, and it's written in the Bible Whoever loves his, whoever shall love his lay down his life for his friend, greater love hath no man than to lay down his life for his friend. Any man in any army, anywhere, who is willing to die for his friend, he has my respect. And that whether he is for Ukraine or or Russia, whether he's for China or the United States, I respect that man for willing to die for his comrade. But To die for somebody that I've never seen, no. I don't encourage my children to fight and die for strangers in a foreign land. I don't want my children to trust what they see on corporate media. I want my children to read between the lines and study history. Because if you study history, you find that just like the Proud Boys, just like the Oath Keepers, they believe the call to duty. They signed up for the military. They pulled the trigger because they were asked to pull the trigger. And yet, where is the defense of them? They will be judged by people who are not veterans. And they, sadly, will be convicted when they should all be pardoned. How can Biden support a war across the world and ask people to go and die for foreign people that are, have a corrupt government? When he will not protect our own veterans who try to bring democracy by protesting in Washington on January 6th. He's not healing the nation. He's just exercising control. It's not our country. This is not my country. I don't control it. Now, I encourage each one of you to vote in your local election. At the local level, you do have an influence. Who's your county judge? Who's your, who's your mayor? But as millions of votes get counted, I voted for Obama because it was change I could believe in because he said, guess what? He was going to end Afghanistan, Afghanistan, where heroin production went up 20-fold since the U.S. occupied it. Guess what? Obama never stopped the Afghan war. The Afghan war went on until fentanyl made Afghan put heroin out of business. And then it's just a loss. It was a business decision. These wars really boil down to business decision. I don't want my neighbor, I don't want my children dying for somebody else's business. Now, is there any better reason to die for money? Uh, you know, we all give our time on jobs that we don't like a lot of times for money. So there's an argument there that you put up with things because of money. But killing people is not, okay. should not be all part right. of that equation. All
0: right. Well, that was a great show. When, uh, when, where can we find information on you as well? Where can we check you out?
1: Well, of course you can go to the, uh, to the podcast, which is com. Spelling Libson, L-I-B as in boy, S-Y-N. Don't put in caps or spaces. And, um, uh, get your family, friends, and neighbors to uh, listen to the podcast. We bring you great guests every week, uh, just like uh, Dr. Hayden here. And uh, no cost to you, but uh, you'll find out the truth that's just below the surface.
0: Thanks again, Mark. Appreciate it. Hey, Th- thanks, y'all. Thanks, and yeah, man. I have a great day. All right. That was the Freedom Prediction Truth Just Below Service and the Neil Haley Show. Take care.